Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a De Beer. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Green and Gold Rugby Show, where the podcast that's getting you over the advantage line of the hottest topics of Australian rugby. Um, I'm Reg Roberts, Rugby Reg, joining you again. And uh, once again, we have got the A-list back for you this week. Matt Rowley, how are you, Matt? I'm good, mate, for another week. Uh, you, you make it sound regular. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> uh, just hoping that our, our listers are as irregular as we are, which I guess goes head in hand. I do appreciate you wearing Queensland red tonight too. Thank you very much. Uh, and Hugh Cavill, how are you? Good, Reg. Good. Wearing the, wearing the Waratah blue, as you can see, uh, every night, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm a committed fan. No, um, it's, it's, it's our... Yeah, you know, we were sort of going to wait for the like last year, wait for the Wallabies test, but it doesn't look like there's going to be that many of them this year, doesn't to have more podcasts. So um, who knows? Who knows? But then again, there oh, might yeah. be. It's a big uncertainty. I think there's been lots of announcements, but it's all with a lot of uh, finger crossing along the way. So we'll see. Anyway, we've got our five burning questions this week, and we are going to touch on obviously the Super Rugby final, but also look into the Wallabies as well. So running through them quickly. So who's going to win Super Rugby this weekend? Reds versus Brumbies. Uh, the new format, Are we? Uh, is this the way forward for Super Rugby? We've had a few chats on that, but let's just, now that the sort of season's almost over, we'll go through that again. Rugby Championship and the Bledisloe announcement. Is this our biggest opportunity in years to turn the game around in Australia? Um, we'll have a look at that. Dave Reddy's named a squad of 44 Um do we like what we see? And then finally, lots of rookies in that squad. Who do we reckon is the one that we is going to be a bolter to join the Wallabies? So, uh, lots to chat about, guys. Uh, Matt, I have to start with you because you're showing your true colours. Um, on the back of that Queensland win over the Rebels on Saturday night, 25-13, they now take on the Brumbies in Canberra. Uh, who do you think is going to win? Well, let's break it down, Reg. Um, we can start with <laughs> can start with um, like a stat attack. So I don't know if anyone saw um, like uh, the top five on Tuesday. MST went through just today. Did a big stat, you know, comparison between the Brumbies uh, and the Reds, and it's really head to head. If you, um, I think there was did he? I think he maybe selected out one game that was a bit of a drubbing, but if you. If you do that, then you can see that it's really, really close. I think the Reds have got some really impressive um, attack stats, though. If you look across the whole thing, I think they're kind of topping most things, whether it's kind of run meters, whether it's men beaten, you know, passes, um, those sorts of things. So they've they've got a good sort of um, attacking shape going. But anyway, if you look at those, they're kind of head-to-head-ish. I would say the Reds may be slightly ahead. But then if you look at the more recent results between the Rumbies the Brumbies and the Reds, obviously you'd say the Brumbies have got a little bit of the wood on. What I like, just the feeling in my bones is the way that the Reds came home, um, you know, just last weekend. Uh, sometimes having that week off, I'm not necessarily sure is the right thing. You know what I mean? Momentum. Mm. I don't know. I like the look of the Reds. I think they've, they're, they're really seeming to get a role on, I think. And the younger players in the squad have managed to get 
more and more time together as those sort of games have kind of rolled on. The one thing, which is the theme that I thought came from last weekend, is just injuries. I mean, mm. it's who's available. And it mm. also makes me worry for that Wallaby squad, um, which we'll go through in a, in a little bit. Um, but to look, to boil it all down from there, like I say all that about the Reds and I, you know, and I'm, and I'm wearing a red top tonight, but I don't know. I think the Brumbies have just played the more clinical rugby um, throughout the, throughout the uh, competition that I've seen. So if it comes down to finals footy, ah, just, ah, yeah, I, I think for me, they have the edge just in the way that they've been playing. But like I say, I like the way the Reds have been coming home. So it's not by much in my head. Yeah, yeah, Hugh, what about you? Matt sort of hedged his bets there either way. I'm, I'm still not too sure which way he's going. But I'm uh, saying Brumbies, but not. Okay, not, all right, not thank you, much. thank you. Uh, Hugh, what's your thoughts? Um, I'll say Reds. I think he, the momentum, as Matt touched on there, is a really important thing. And it just feels like they're finishing the season as the better team. Brumbies obviously made a lot of that, you know, made a lot of their hay in the early part of the season. Um, they were looking really good during Super Rugby in that, you know, early part. Um, and they're probably on paper the slightly classier team. They've got, you know, wallabies from all, all over the park. But um, if I had to, if I had to say, I, it just does feel like the universe is in that sort of in the Reds' favour. And maybe because they're coming off a big game at SunCorp in front of a big home crowd, that sort of adds to that feeling. But it, I don't know. It just it just feels like um, their players are hitting form at the right time. Um, you know, largely avoiding injury issues. I haven't heard about. Um, the uh, wash up from some of those mm. some of those injuries from from Saturday night, but the other thing to remember is the last time that the Reds went down to Canberra, they they just got rolled with a penalty after the buzzer, uh, dubious decision that, and I think that'll sort of burn a you know burn a fire in, under the Reds, um, and I think that'll give them that self belief that they can go into Canberra and win um, because practically they did last time, so uh, I think. It's it's um, it's pointing to the Reds for me, and I, I suspect there'd be a start of side outsiders with the, with the bookmakers. But I, I can see I can see them really getting it done, um, led by big performances by those same players that have been driving the season: the Taniella Tupos and the Tate McDermotts and Harry Wilsons and and, and these sort of guys to really um, show up. And I'd like to see that. I really would like to see that happen. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Look, I think you're exactly right, guys. I think the Brumbies deserve to be favourites. They've been very clinical. They've won the most games this season. They've finished on top, and they deserve to to um, to the, their position. You know, they've been a probably most consistent team for a few years. Um, God, beating them in Canberra is a, a hell of a job, and I don't think we've done it as an organisation, the Reds, for many, many years. So that's that's a real challenge. Um, we have our injury concerns. I'm same with you guys. I haven't heard. So Jordy Pataio went off early. Chris Fuea Sortier went off uh, not too long afterwards. Um, a couple of other ones there as a concern. Hamish Stewart went off at one stage. Um, a, a few others as well. So we'll see how they bounce back. At least with Pataia, you've got Hunter Parsami coming in. He was, I thought, was spectacular on the weekend and so on. So, you know, th there's a bit of depth there. What I think the Reds, and of course I'm going to pick the Reds. It's a silly thing to, to suggest otherwise. But why I'm feeling more confident about the Reds, hopefully with a bit more of my head than my heart, is, and I sort of tweeted this post-match, they've just found ways to win different ways this year, which is the sign of a good team. Um, be it sort of coming back in the second half, be it um, in, in uh, poor conditions, be it... Um, 
injury ridden like they were last weekend where they had to play their half back on the wing for 50 minutes of the game. Um, be it, you know, with, with some questionable refereeing, they've just, they've just found challenge ways to win in challenging circumstances with which a red team is not normally prone to at least the reds we've had for the last few years. So that gives me a bit of hope. The other interesting one is that I think this is the type of week, week that Brad Thorne thrives for. Like we haven't seen it. Obviously, he hasn't had much final experience, this Reds team at all. But, you know, on the back of a really tough game, these guys have got a really challenging week to turn it around. But if there's anyone I want leading a team to talk about what it takes to win finals footy, it's Brad Thorne. Um, and interestingly enough, he was coach of the 2017 Queensland Country NRC team that featured the likes of Jock Campbell, Filippo Duguni, Chris Fawaya-Sortia, Amish Stewart, um, uh, Taniela Tupo, uh, Angus Blythe, uh, Liam Wright, Angus Scott Young, all these guys playing then who went down to Canberra um, and beat a very hot Canberra Vikings team in an NRC grand final um, back in 2017. Different level, arguably, um, but... You know, there's something they can draw on there, and I think that'll be um, very much a focus of of what they what that team does this week. So I I I agree the Brumbies are favourites. I, I think the Reds can do it. Um, obviously, teams will come out Thursday. We'll see the the full extent of the injuries, but um, I I am looking forward to this game. I think it should be a cracker. I think they're the top two teams, and I think um, it'll be uh, an epic game um, for both teams. So we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Um, that's uh, next and foremost. I guess you know we've run the, the the qualifying final. One more game to go. The format of the comp guys, Australian only. What's our thoughts for next year? Is this what we want for Super Rugby moving forward, Matt? Do we even get to say what we want, or is it more about um, what we can justify? Yeah. Look, I, I guess I've been verbal on this on previous podcasts is probably it's a bigger thing about what's right for Australian rugby um, to make it a sustainable competition going forward. So, and, and like I've said, we know we've, we've done the experiment. There are teams that we just can't make work financially. So why we would keep going. And on top of that, we know that it doesn't necessarily mean good stuff for Australian rugby um, to have that um, talent dissipated and not playing together. Um, you know, the theory has always been that, you know, somehow that'll generate more talent. And in fact, it, it doesn't, or it doesn't, gen it's not talent that generates results. So from that perspective, um, I actually think we need to kind of boil that down. For me, I would have three Australian teams and then you'd bring in, um, you know, probably some Pacific Islands, um, uh, teams and uh, obviously do the cross the ditch thing. That's what would make sense. Um, you know, having that super 10, whatever it is type competition um, that we kind of concentrate it down. So you get the quality of rugby, you'd get the international interest, uh, the time zone across the ditch works really well. That's the way I'd go if we have the choice. Um, the only thing is we might not have the choice, right? So, you know, just depending on what this COVID thing does, in which case this is the next best thing. I, I get it. I don't get though what it means for Australian rugby long-term because I don't see financially how it stacks up, but maybe other people have got better understanding of that than I do. But that's the biggest question, isn't it? Affordability. And it's, it's, it's only as affordable as, as what someone's prepared to pay. And mm. at this stage, that's the big unknown. We've got no idea where it will be, what, what will be broadcast, but I guess that's going to be determined by what the broadcasters want um, and who's going to pay for what. And, you know, Rumours are all around that Optus no longer 
want it, so who else is there? It's just Fox Sports, and we know they will lowball us anyway. So it's it's hard to know. Hugh, have you got any thoughts on this and what you'd like to see or what we is likely to see? Well, I suspect we're going to have a sort of run-back version of the Super AU next year, doesn't it? Yeah. The, you know, I seem to recall a while ago, Rob Clark was saying they want an answer and a new format and a new TV deal by, I think it was something like the first week of September. Well, that's come and gone. Um, and, it's, and it's very quiet. And I suspect mm. in this case, probably no news is bad news because it means yeah. they haven't got a TV deal. It means they haven't got an agreed comp format. Um, and... Look, I think Super AU has been pretty good. It's 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 exceeded yeah. my expectations. Now, whether in the second year is really enough to get get a get a full season out of it, I think I'd like to see a sixth team, a, a, a Drewer or a Sunwolves or somebody, you know, to 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 come in to give it a bit of spice because I think, excuse me, two games on a weekend is is probably not enough. That third game is is something you'd need, and probably just to keep a bit of. I don't know, keep it from going a bit stale, which, which I dare say it probably did get in the last couple of weeks um, uh, outside of those games with finals impl- implications. Um, and even then, you know, I thought the Rebels force game, which, you know, came right down to the wire. It was a good game. Mm. It still didn't, it didn't feel like it had really the stakes attached to it, you know, um, or certainly not as a Rebels fan. Maybe the Rebels fans would disagree, but um, you know, a team's going to lift a trophy this weekend. That's great, but no one's going to, pretend that it's anything rivaling the super rugby successes of the past and you know and that, that's that's just real that's what it is um it's a good achievement for the team that does it but i don't think in the in the long march of time we're going to really remember um who won super au so that's slightly slightly uh downcast about it all but look i think we're running it back i think we hope to get a six team in and and hang on for grim life until you know the pandemic passes we get some tv money or some private equity money or you know, Green and Gold Rugby makes a bid um, with our mm. um, millions of dollars worth of money. That, um, yeah, I think that the, those Amazon shares, um, Matt, that you bought um, eight yeah. or nine years ago when you started the site are certainly um, going to come in handy, aren't they? Well, I tell you what we're going to do first is we're just about to open up our campaign to uh, talk, talk shit about Australian rugby for a good few months. Just talk about how rubbish it is, how badly administrated <laughs> it is, how no one would ever want to buy it. Um, and just, yeah, basically just rubbish it for a good few months until it's right rock bottom. So <laughs> someone else has taken it down a certain level. We, we're going to take that. And then we're going to sell those shares and then we're going to swoop. <laughs> Cunning plan is coming together. <laughs> I've been, been, been waiting since 2007. It's almost there. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Look, yeah, there's many unknowns. I, I like well, you. and I mean, also I- actually, Reg. I mean, it's it's probably time you have you've sort of buried the lead here, but we're going to bring in our our guest, uh, Steve Hansen, our permanent panelist <laughs> now on the on the show, and Jamie Pandaram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I mean, I've liked the tournament, but it it doesn't feel, you know, and maybe we all knew it was just a a, a filler. You know, maybe if it is what we're doing with next year, we've got some um, concrete leading up to it. We might get a bit more behind it, but I can tell you the the difference between 2011 Reds versus Auckland Blues semi-final at Suncorp versus uh, 2020 uh, Reds versus Rebels at Suncorp. There was a fair bit of difference between the excitement of the crowd. I mean, we all love a win, but I don't think everyone knows it's 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 not Super Rugby, um, despite the name. But um, 
regardless, uh, uh, it was uh, it, it filled a gap, gave us some rugby, and it was uh, some very good rugby, I thought. But well, let's see where it goes from here. One thing we do know, or, or do we know, at least it's been announced, is that uh, on question three, we were talking about the rugby championships in the Bledos. So a couple of recent announcements there. Rugby Australia. Well, Sansar confirmed sort of last week that Australia would host the rugby championship this year. So it's a 12-match tournament played from over November to December. Um, a lot locks double headers, it would seem, mostly in New South Wales, except for a double header in uh, at Suncorp Stadium, which will be a Bledisloe Cup and uh, South Africa versus Argentina. Um, but then today, it's just been confirmed that uh, New Zealand, there are going to be two games in New Zealand as well. I think it's October 11 and 18, Sunday afternoon games, 1.30 Sunday afternoons, a couple of games in New Zealand, which is only, gosh, you know, three, four weeks away. I guess the, the, the squad will be getting together after the rugby final on Saturday and, and getting ready to fly over. So it looks like we're going to get some rugby this year. You know, is that going to be enough to sort of, I guess, help turn the game around, get a little bit of excitement happening here, do you think, over the, the, the back end of this year? Yeah, look, I think so. I mean, certainly, you know, there's this large latent fan base that we have in rugby that come out for the Wallabies. Um, and we see that every year, you know, it's only, we, we talk things down, but remember, what was it, a couple of years ago, last year with the Ireland series, sorry, two years ago, Ireland series, full houses everywhere. Um, and, you know, the World Cup, obviously, is huge interest here too. So, you know, th- 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 those those fans will come out for, for those Wallabies games and look, there might be some new faces and hopefully putting putting forward some pretty good results. I, I wonder how the rugby championship is going to work given the situation in South Africa and the situation mm. in Argentina. But the, the thing that sort of can probably leads me to the fact that it will continue is that, you know, everyone's broke and this is all they've got. And so yeah. I, I wonder if we'll see a, a South African team that's a bit of a shell of its former self, same similarly an Argentinian team, um, that, that, that come out and play purely to collect the check from the TV rights and the, and the crowd revenue because they, that's all they've got. And broke people do things that... Um, are, are relatively desperate. So, uh, and and that's where both of those unions are, as well as the Rugby Australia and New, New Zealanders. So, um, you know, COVID scares going through now. You could you could probably argue it's better they get it now than than uh, in a month's time. But um, I know Mario Ledesma's come down with it, as, as well as a number mm. of the uh, Pumas players. Uh, I hope um, they re- make a full recovery. And, and obviously, South Africa's got its own issues, and with a lot of their players also in the Northern Hemisphere. So. It's um it's going to be a logistical task, but then again, you know if they if they can hub like some of those AFL teams on those Gold Coast resorts, I, I don't actually imagine it, it it might be too bad for them. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Have the South Africans been playing any Curry Cup or anything? Do you know? Have they been having any? I don't think so. No. Yeah, yeah. That'll be their challenge coming straight into that. Um, Matt, what about you? Does that get you excited? The fact that we've got some of that rugby. I mean, it's like any uh, sort of. Australian rugby fan, it'll depend how we go. And those two tests to start off in New Zealand is uh, is a, a challenge for us. You'd like to think if we can snag one of those, um, it might set us up to get some crowds and get a bit of excitement. Yeah, I just think, I think in some ways, yeah, it, it has to, but God, what, you know, tough task. It's never, it's, you know, it's just not a great way to start, is it? If you, you know, start, start off with two two losses on the bounce with a, you know, new team and all that. I mean, you know, if, if you're Rennie, you'd be going, yeah, great way to start guys. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't frame it that way. Great, op- you know, great challenge, great opportunity, yeah. but 
in reality, you know, you'd love to, you know, get a win against the Pumas and, you know, maybe against a, a soft mm. Safa team and, um, you know, then maybe pick one or two up, um, you know, and, and as you get a roll on and you get people playing together, it's going to be a young squad with lots of people in different positions, you know, they've had a bit of a chance. That would feel like my best, our best chance to, in my mind, to really capture that interest. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be great to watch some, you know, international rugby again. Shit, what else we got on? Um, but, yeah, you... Sunday afternoon rugby too, mate. How good yeah. is that in New Zealand? Yeah, exactly. But you just would have... It'd be nice if there was that chance for it to kind of build yeah. a bit. And so um, this doesn't necessarily feel like the best opportunity for that but maybe they can prove us wrong and geez how good would Dave Rennie and that young squad look if they managed to pull off a win out of one of those two yeah and I'm quietly confident to be honest I, I, I'm, I'm not drinking the all black Kool-Aid just yet you know I'm not sold on a, a high scoring north versus south game that they're still the bees knees I think I still look at that team and see a lot of uh, opportunity for, for Australia. Not that we've got a defined Australian team yet, but I, I'm excited about the prospects of this, of this Wallaby team. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of with Hugh. Look, I love the Sunday afternoon games. It's pretty cool. Uh, takes you right back, but uh, ew, a lot of question marks over the rugby championship and whether that'll go ahead. So we'll see how that goes. Rugby's still on the nose here in Australia, and I can't imagine big crowds um, that they might need. I guess they'll be relying on broadcast money as much as anything else. So let's see if that comes through. But as far um, as I can tell, they're still going to have to do the distancing thing, aren't they? Like uh, the crowds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. Yeah. It's, it, it's largely in New South Wales, isn't it? Yeah, it's all New South Wales except for that double header in Queensland, which at this stage would still only be mm. a cap of twenty thousand at Suncorp Stadium. So it's just it's going to be a regular rugby crowd of of late, basically, yeah, about five ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, particularly if they're second, second string uh, South Africa, Argentina teams. Um, but, you know, like we said, it all comes down performance and winning. And we have finally seen our first actual Wallaby squad of the year, a squad of 44 players, mind you, which is, I worked out more than a third of the eligible players uh, that played Super Rugby this year. So, uh, you know, you're unlucky if you missed out. Um but uh, what do you reckon, Matt? You're on screen. What, what do you think of the squad? Well, look, my, my suggestion was I put together this really useful little Reddy Reckner um, that um, I put together by stealing off your Twitter feed, Reg. Um, well done. Which very helpfully goes through every position. Um, so, like, I thought, why don't we play the game of just going through each of those positions and, you know, you guys... Well, Pick out Wallaby team. The three of us, yeah, talking through what, who we like the look of. So, shall I, shall we kick off? We've got yeah. uh, fullback. We've got Banks, Haylett, Petty and Maddox. Guys, who, who do you like out of that, Rich? I think Maddox has been the form 15. Um, I've been really excited by his play this year. And, you know, for the first time, we're seeing the potential step up. Um, test footy's but different though, isn't it? And, and, you know, whether that super rugby play is going to be transferable even the style of play plays very sort of um runs through the gap sort of as a, as a counter-attacker type thing i'm still a big fan of dane hallett petty i thought he played really well the last couple of games he's played he got injured again in the weekend so we'll see what that is but if i'm picking on form i'm picking jack maddox and, and and that's that's what my approach would be to this wallaby team cute yeah look i think you've probably got to consider it in the in the context of the back line more broadly yeah. um and given the two wingers that i'd likely select I think I'm probably picking Dane Hallett Petty, um, experienced, 
um, proven performer. I think he's in pretty good form um, in, in Super Rugby and good under the high ball. Just 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 has a general sort of game sense that I, that I enjoy. So I'm I'm picking him there. Mm. Okay. Thank you, got, Matt. Well, he's got the power of incumbency, I guess, um, with uh, the you know, amount of time he's been spending in the in a Wallabies jersey of of, of late. Look, I, I don't, but here's the thing. I think he's prone to gaffes. I mean, he kind of always has been, um, and you still see them around. Maddox, I think, is a bit too green. Look, I, I think Banks, I, you know, I have, haven't seen a whole lot this season, I'll, be, I'll, I'll admit, but I just like a lot about him. He's, he's got that, that run capability and the big boot. Um, you know, which I love to see when he puts into the corner. Anyway, like a, a mix between those, they're three good options, right? Mm. So, but I wouldn't mind seeing some time for for all of them. Um, but in terms of what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be Hale Petty with the other two getting kind of being slotted in. Cool. Uh, wings. Okay, we've got Dalgunu, Corabetti, Ram, and Wright. Um, Q, you kick us off. Who are you thinking there? Don't don't love the balance here, but I'm picking uh, Dalgunu and, and Korobiti. I think they're just the two best players. And yeah. I think the Rugby Australia have seen Filippo Dalgunu probably before, you know, and the potential before everyone else did because I think they signed him, Reg. Correct me if I'm wrong, to I think a four-year deal last like that, year. Yeah. Yep. Um, and when he before he even played a test. <laughs> so um, a big call, but you can't, you can't deny that the, the the bloke's got class and he's been outstanding to me. Um, the, these last sort of four or five games for the Reds, scoring tries, his defence is outstanding. Um, and Marika Korobi is arguably the, still the best player in Australian rugby. Johnny Hill's medalist last year. Um, he just has this work rate. He has a knack of scoring tries. He's an that try on the weekend. Oh. Um, and he scored about three or four of those sorts of tries this, this season. Yeah. I... I really, really like like you know, he's he's our world fifteen player for mine. If, uh, if I had to nominate one, um, the other two blokes, Ram and Wright, are nice players. But I think Tom Wright's form's dropped away a bit, um, and James Ram's nice, but probably still a little bit green. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm picking Filippo and Marika, even though neither of them can really kick or you know wing his stuff have that sort of game. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I'm just back in talent on that one. It's back to Wendell and Lottie on the wing. Yeah, um, yeah I'm with you on the same. Those two, and I thought they were the two best players of the park last week uh, in the quarterfinal or qualifying final. Uh, I think Corrup Betty, you're exactly right. He's the first player picked, at least the first player picked in the back line for the Wallabies. Um, and, and it's how you fill in around him. I guess he had the option of, of uh, particularly if you pick Banks at fullback, you could chuck Dale and Hale at Petty on the wing uh, to get another kicking option there, a bit more surety. And there's a few other sort of... Um, versatile players that are sort of listed under the centres too. But I'm again, I'm going to go um, reward form. And Dagunu, his defence as much as anything is is just phenomenal. Um, and I'm, I've always been super excited by him. So I'd love to see him in a Wallaby jersey. Mm. Who, who was it he put the hit on late in the game on Saturday? Uh, Hodge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hodge isn't a small boy either. Jeez. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, Dale Gunu's influence in that game was spectacular. Like He, he just... took two or three turnovers as well. Oh, yeah, and he was taking kickoffs. He was doing all sorts. It was just incredible. Um, I agree with both of you guys on that. I don't have much to offer on top of that. Um, centres. Uh, Hodge, Ikatao, Paisami, Patea, and Simone. Uh, Reg. Yeah, well, I, I guess this is a game where um, you get a bit of versatility. And I, um, 
I'm a massive fan of Simone. I think he's been excellent this year, and, and it's good to see him come back. I'm glad he's in the squad. He's not quite test level. He might be on the bench for me. So uh, Patai will be my 13, assuming he's fit. I think he's the best 13 in the country. Um, and I would probably be playing Matty Tamua at 12 inside him. Um, uh, well, someone, yeah. whoever, yeah. did, whoever put this thing together, obviously, did, in the wrong, wrong oh, spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. And so, Hugh? Yeah, no argument for me. I'm with Reg there. So you had, okay. And so what happens with, with where's, where's Hodge? Bench um, at best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about I like you? Him. I like him, but oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. he's a bench player. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What are you thinking? Would he be in your team? Well, see, like I, I stuck within the confines of uh, what was put in front of me. Here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're so by the book, Matt. You always uh, have been. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, definitely. Like Pattaya is, I think, our potential super player of the future. Right? Like the talent that's in that kid, um, I think, is remarkable. Um, yeah, and then wasn't didn't Hodge play a bit of twelve? Like towards yeah, he has yeah, towards played. the look, end. And I think it, for the and Wallabies, he, he's played every position except for yeah. nine. And he looked pretty good. So look, if you weren't going to do, I agree with you on the Tamua thing, and I think that's most likely to happen. But I, I thought think Hodge could well do that twelve thing. Um, right, fly half Harrison, uh, Lolesio, O'Connor, and well Tamua, having wherever you want by the looks of things. Um, <laughs> Hugh, yeah, look, this is the one that I'm going to be. Very, very curious to see where the coaching panel lands. Because, look, I, I don't really know just more generally about Dave Rennie. And, and obviously, there's a few controversial non-inclusions in this squad, which we'll touch on later. But uh, he could go anywhere. He could pick any of these four players at 10. And I, you know, I'd probably, the only one I'd raise an eyebrow would be Lolesio, just given his injury status. And probably he's, he'll be a bit short of a run. Will Harrison's been really good this year. Um, really good for a first year 10. Um, James O'Connor's also been really good too. Um, so I don't know. Look, at the moment, I think if I'm going into a test in New Zealand against the All Blacks, I'm picking James O'Connor at 10. Matt Tamura at 12. I'm going with the experience um, because I think that's probably the, the astute way to go. And we can bring in a Harrison or a Lolesio later against those second string Argentinian and South African sides if we end up playing them. That's my strategy. Um, but you know, you could say if they're good enough, they're they're in. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't begrudge him if he if he did pick Harrison. It'd be interesting to me if he did though. Mm-hmm. Rich, yeah, yeah. Look, I kind of the pick for mine, and I think that as much as combinations, which we might get to soon too. But uh, yeah, point about it's, it's a really good point. They're full quality players, and I'm a massive fan of both Harrison and Lalesio. Apparently, Lalesio is all fit. He'd be playing. Look, it'd be interesting to see if he gets on the bench this weekend to be quite frank. Um, but I think they clearly see something. They'll obviously pick him in the squad, but I read an article during the week. They think he's quite the special player. So it uh, would not surprise me that they pluck him from nowhere. It's not unlike a Kiwi coach to pick a sort of young uh, teenage 10 to fill in, but uh, I'd be picking James O'Connor. Yeah, I agree with that. The, the one thing, um, if you're going to... Yeah, agree with everything we just said. And obviously, I think you're going to want to try and sprinkle a bit of Alessio and, and Harrison in um, over the season. Um, is just taking a step back. Uh, we talked about the wings. I'd be really surprised if we don't see Hodge have a, shot at, one, have a shot at one of those wings. Yeah. Just you, not on form, but on balance. 
Um, so yeah, if you, between Dalgunu and Corabetti, it's probably then Dalgunu. I think yeah. Hodge might be sneaking around the other wing side. Anyway, so, so, so we'll come back. Scrum half: Gordon, McDermott, Powell, and White. Reg. Oh, look, and, and I, I, I said O'Connor about the combinations automatically think on Vic McDermott, but Nick White makes, White makes a strong case and probably deserves to be there on the back of last week's performance. And I think he, he hasn't really put a foot wrong since he's been back. He's made a, a pretty big impact for the Brumbies, um, even when, the, when they went down to the Reds a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, he's such a smart player and, and, and uh, you know, you need that cunning to be the All Blacks. So despite what I say about combinations, I'd probably start Nick White. Mm-hmm. Red, uh, Q? Yeah, look, uh, at the risk of continuing to agree with Reg, I'm probably, wrong with it. I'm probably starting Nick White. I've got a soft spot for Jake Gordon. Maybe it's the Waratahs sort of bias yes. within me. Um, yes. Or maybe it's that I'm an astute judge of talent. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's um, Which is more likely there, Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I don't know. Again, this is another one where, you know, I think Joe yeah. Powell would surprise me. Um, but the other three are all good enough to be mm. starting test nines in my opinion. And, and um, you know, to be different to, to Reg, I'll start Tate McDermott. I really, really like him. And I think the combination with O'Connor is, um, is important. And, and so that's what I'd be backing. I think you're nuts. It's white. Right. <laughs> Number eight, Samu, 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 Samu. And is it, is it, don't we all feel there's an obvious omission here? Yeah. Absolutely. I think the, the omission is who we all probably would have started at number eight. Is that right? Isarani, would we have all started him? Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. He, you, I, so what is that about? I just, I don't understand that. Do we um, have any, it's not I keep hearing it's off the ball work. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. But yeah, I just don't. This is, uh, I said this on the forum this week. This is the most baffling selection decision in Wallaby, in my Wallaby history. Uh, yeah. I can't oh, recall. Wow. You know, I can't recall. Hang on, there's some Robbie Dean's eras that you maybe forget. Yeah, but about. but at least Robbie, Robbie, like okay, you you picked Pat McCabe at twelve, and you know you did, you know, played Ben McCallman in at seven in a in a World Cup sort of yep. essentially a must win game. But that, I mean, but to to leave an incumbent eight who was playing well, I thought out of a 44-man squad, which, as Reg said at the start, <laughs> practically anyone who ran on the field got a, got a shot in this squad. Yeah. To leave him out of the squad is just baffling to me for, for off-the-ball work, you know? Like, don't you, just, if, don't you just get him in the squad and say, mm-hmm. mate, work harder off the ball? Yeah. You're unfit. Okay, well, everyone's going to train and you're going to go and run the Sandhills with the fitness coach. You know, like do that for two weeks. I, I, it's just madness to me. It's it's really like I want to like these this coaching team. I I like on paper what they are, and and I think they're all great coaches. Um, the whole team, the whole panel. But how do they come to this? You know, I I just don't see it, and, and I just don't understand. Yeah. Flat out don't understand. And, and as we established in the in the scrum half, I'm a I'm a very good judge of talent, and um and unfortunately i can't i i, I Nasirani is just a very very good player and i cannot understand him being left out um it, it feels like off the ball work is like code for something i just don't know what it is lazy well yeah i guess so um so then samu and wilson um so who are you gonna go who, who you go for then rich well i don't know i'm a combination man in the back row so you've got to look 
bit broader, I guess I would have picked Samu there. But considering I'd, spoiler alert, I'd be picking Hooper at seven and probably Wright at six, it seems a little bit same old same I say that might have to be Wilson for just a bit more bulk and size in the back row. Talking yourself into more well, but I just I don't think he's ready. Nicerani would be my eight, and yeah. I'd like to see Wilson later on this year at some capacity. Um, but I think Wilson would start at eight for some bulk, and Sami would come off the bench, so it'd mm. be Wilson for me, I guess. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you said there. Yeah, I don't know either. He's resolutely um, picking I'll Nicerani. Say, I'll say yeah. Samu. I'll say Samu. Look, it wouldn't shock me to see Nicerani born into the yeah. squad at some stage. This could yeah. just be a, a red, you know, red herring go away, boot up the ass kind of thing, and and someone will go down in training, and all of a sudden, Izzy will be back. But um, I think I just, I think they just forgot. They just left him but, off the spreadsheet. But well, it's harder with this quarantine stuff too. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to go back to Melbourne and then, and then you know, we want to call him we up won't see him for the two year. weeks quarantine, yeah. like. Yeah. Right. Blinds, uh, open side, Hooper and McCright. Um, who, who are you picking eight, mate? You know, it's, there's a trend starting here, which is I'm going, oh, the smart, I think the smart starting one out of these two is Samu. Yes. Um, just yes. with his experience. He had a, I thought he had a really good game the other night. Yeah, that's yeah. Lovely, that player, lovely yeah. try he, 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 he made or finished. Um, the only thing is, you know, you start picking these, before you know it, it's just, I don't know. It's not Same quite team. as exciting. Yeah, it's that Wallaby team that we've seen what they can do. Um, so, and I'm not sure he's ever really, not sure Pete Sam has really stepped up in a Wallabies jersey for me. I think there's been a couple of glimpses, mm. but yeah. I don't think he's really owned it yet. So it'd be nice to see Harry get a shot. But anyway, the sensible in me says Samu. Open side, Michael Hooper. Let's move on to blind side. So Swinton, Valentini, or Wright? Um, Rich? I, I said right. I'm a right fan. I think he's Scott Fardy-ish. Very good leader, exceptional on the ball, good link man out wide, very good line-out player. Okay. Yeah, that's good enough for me. I'll throw him in too. I like Rob Valentini, but I think Wright's been stronger through the season for me. But, you know, actually, I'd, I'd leave this one open for the final. I'd be prepared to see, yep. ju- judged by how who plays well this Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure Valentini, Valentini's captured quite what he had a couple of seasons ago, you know, before he got that injury, which kind of knocked him out. Mm. Um, Locke, well, Locke, I think, you know, I'll kick this one off. I think it's pretty obvious. It's um, the Wallaby incumbents, Ned Hannigan and Rob Simmons. <laughs> and uh, so now obviously this is, this is an area where there's question marks, right? And this is where the ghetto, we suspect the ghetto rule is going to be suspended for because the names in the squad, um, Hannigan, Hosea, Philip, uh, Salakai um, Loto and Simmons. So Salakai Loto, sorry, and Simmons. So, like, what do you make of this mess, um, Rich? Um, yeah, I guess that's the thing. We're allowed to pick two non-Gitto eligible players, and we seem to have a lot of locks overseas. That that's the talk. I think Adam Coleman's just gone under surgery, so he won't be available. Um, I actually like the form of Matt. I think Luke and Salakalotos had his best season yeah. for Super Rugby. So I want him in the team regardless. I think he's a wallaby lock. He deserves to still be there. And I think Matt Phillips been fantastic too. Um, so I, he'd be my wallaby lock. So I, I, I'm, they're great players, but I don't want to go rushing away and picking any of these um, overseas guys. 
Um, I'd I'd pick in someone like Scott Fardy to come in and just train with the lads. That'd be a great mentor for them uh, ahead of picking um, Will Skelton. Wouldn't or, that be fantastic? I'd yeah. I'd love that if they could do it. Um, I, I have a feeling that it'll be pretty straight up and down. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get to. I mean, the the players I'd be tempted to bring back. I haven't seen any foreign no. footy, so I can't yeah. judge. I, I, I can say on paper, look, I like Tolu Latu. Yeah. I think he finished the World Cup really yep. well, and I was really sad to see him leave. I'd be happy to have him back. Same with Will Skelton. Same with Rory Arnold. Less so Isaac Rodder, because I'm still pissed off at him. Yep. Um, Sean McMahon's another bloke that I think, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I don't know, though, he's playing the, the top league in Japan. Is that what's going on there? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, is he... And, and do you know what, Reg, I, I thought of you because you threw this name out there. I, I was looking at a list of prospective Wallabies that are playing overseas that are eligible. And I, I can't recall in my time as a Wallabies fan looking at a name and having no recollection of that player's career or who that player is or if that player even existed. And I had that with Caleb Timu. I honestly <laughs> looked at him and drew a complete blank. Caleb Timu, Wallaby player. Yeah, <laughs> not remember. And then I sort of looked it up, and and that was that one glorious sort of half super season he had, which got yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a couple of caps off the bench in a in a yeah, series. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, God, we're short at number eight now. So yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, yeah. Look, I mean, I th- I think they just know that we're desperately short of some good tall timber in the line out there. Um, which is a real pity because, you know, in those last couple of seasons, we managed to get the line out to a place where it hadn't been for a long time. So, yeah, I, I just I would imagine that's what, they're, that's what they're targeting. If that's the case, then it's probably Arnold that you're going after, isn't it? To try and, um, you know, get another really good line out option back. He'd be the one, I guess, yeah. Mm. Um, but, so, hang on. So, we're, we're stuck, though. Well, look, just going with what's here. So I'm Salakar and Philip. Yeah, I think that's the same for me. I mean, I'd give a case to Rob Simmons if the line-out is an issue, um, depending on how you made your back row up. Um, yeah. Simmons is still a pretty, in pretty good shape, so it would yeah. shock me to see him get a run. Gosh, he's leaving Ned Hannigan out. But, um, I, I... He's in pretty good form too, actually. Ned, I, wouldn't, I mean, he's, he's going to Japan, and that sort of is slightly baffling to me um, and how the Waratahs let him go because he is still a, a very, good, very good player in my eyes. Okay. Um, but I go with your guys' selections on there. I agree. Um, so then we've got Hooker, Fyanga, Horton, Payangaramosa, and Uelese. And did we, Uelese really seemed to have goosed himself uh, on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I think he's the most serious out of all the injuries. It would seem, I, again, I haven't heard anything official, but the indication was that was the one that was most concerning. Okay. But um, let's say we don't know. Yeah. Um, who do you choose, Rich? Um, yeah, uh, uh, it's probably Flanger and yeah, Flanger starting, I guess, for Lau. Yeah, line out throwing is an issue, but it is for all of them. Although I think Panga and Mosa and ULC both had perfect games last weekend. But, uh, you know, for Lau, I think has been playing really well around the park beyond just, you know, finishing a rolling ball. Uh, and Hugh? Yeah, he's a good player. I like him. I'm, I'm not sure he fills me with a huge amount of confidence in a, in a Bledisloe in New Zealand, but none of these blokes do. And that's why I think Tolu Latu could be a real shout to come back because if Dane Coles is starting or Cody Taylor, um, I don't think we've got someone that can step up to that class, but I think Tolu Latu is probably that person. Okay. Um, and oh, I've got to admit with you, I've got to be with you guys. I've 
there's not a lot to sp split those guys outside of Horton, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, why not Fyanga? Right, props. They got Ainsley, Alatoa, Bell, Fami Silly. <laughs> I'm still getting used to that. That was Johnson pretty good. Holmes. Yeah, I was good. Yeah, thank that. you. Um, Johnson Holmes, CEO, Slipper, and Tupo. It's interesting so that a... you got Farmusili, but you messed up Samu. I mean, that's a... So there's obviously a couple of... There's an absolute shoe in here. Um, Tupo. Um, who else are we going to add in? It's amazing that Tupo's a shoe in too. I Isn't mean, that incredible? Yeah. We, we were saying even earlier, Alan Alatoa is just amazing. He's classy. He's a, he's a fantastic player. And yet... It just is a reflection of how good Tupo's playing. He's a walk-up start now. I mean, that yeah. that inside line he ran on the weekend is just – that's oh. a, I've never seen a prop do that. Never seen a prop do that. 75th minute of the game, never seen that happen. But, but but had that was just the thing that Yeah, but it just won a line out. I was sorry, a scrum with his scrummaging. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think Ward and him had a great battle in the first half, but Tupo stepped up in the second half and had literally just got a penalty you know, a minute before before he kicked it downfield. And he is phenomenal. And how – how many 80 minute games has he played this year? I don't mm. think Alatoa has lasted longer than 60 minutes. So it's, he's a phenomenal yeah. player. Freak. Luce, it's very interesting. Any thoughts, guys? Matt, do you have you, you know, obviously CO and Slipper, I guess, are the standouts. Yeah, uh, it would have been, I, I would have re reached for CO also with the, with the length of caps and things like that. I don't know if, but you guys have probably watched a bit more than me. What do you reckon, Rich? Well, I'm a Slipper fan. I think Slipper's been excellent, but yeah, he's been he seems to be using predominantly from the bench by the Brumbies, whether that's a strategy thing or so on. Um, but I still think he's playing excellent rugby. I'd love to see him start. What sort of age has he got, though, on CO? I'm just, like, I don't know it's if it's just, I think early I don't know if age or miles, but... CO's younger. Yeah. Mm. You fill in for us, and I'll just... Okay. Yeah. Can yeah, I yeah. um? Can I can I then talk about captaincy? Because I think that's the other interesting one. Oh, okay. Scott, yeah. Which Scott Bayo is fifty nine years old. If that helps. Oh, good to know. Thanks, mate. It's interesting because I yeah I thought he was a bit unlucky not to be included. Um, would you? Because he'd be in charge too. Which would be good, <laughs> good captaincy. So CO's twenty eight, and I'd slip is a bit older than that. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. So Hugh, captain. Oh. I think we just lost him. He's just disgusted. He's he did it like Scott Bayo because um, he's a strong uh, Republican. Um, uh, James Slipper's thirty-one, so James Slipper's about three years old and CEO. Yeah, Captain. Is there anything to discuss here, Matt? Do you think there's grounds for taking it from um, Hooper, or does Hooper get it if he's playing? Look, I like. I guess I've just taken that as red, um, but. We don't know from the new, this new coach. Has he actually said? I don't. I haven't heard him saying anything that this is a definite. Has he? No, no, by no means. I don't think he's committed either way. I guess maybe that'll be part of the thing. Gets. He's, I don't, I'm sure he's probably met Hooper over Zoom at least. But um, uh, mm. it'll be a um, you know. Let's see how the camp goes and see what comes from that. But I I don't think there's any strong candidates either way. I've, I actually really liked. Alan Alatoa's captaincy um, while he was with the Brumbies. I thought he did a good job. I actually really liked Rob Simmons' captaincy with the, Brum or with the Waratahs. I thought he did a good job there as well. Matt Tamua, really impressive uh, with the Rebels. He's actually mm. stepped a big time. And so when you think about who's going to be in the team, um, Tamua is, um, 
uh, at least according to us, is probably more likely than the other two. So maybe he's a candidate. But I, I don't see any reason why Hooper wouldn't get the team, wouldn't get the yeah. captain's the Yeah, yeah. I, and I can probably think of a few, I can also think of a few million reasons why from the yeah. Rugby Australia's perspective. I think they've already put their money down where they think that <laughs> where that lies. I mean, you've just got all those things that go for Hooper. I think objectively people, um, you know, um, We'll, we'll say that he's, you know, he's one of the better rugby players in the world. I know there's the argument over, is he a classic seven or so? I almost, I'm boring myself bringing that up, but um, I think, you know, he's just a, he's a natural rugby playing yeah. athlete. Um, and yeah, I think he's matured as a captain too. I think, yeah. he's, I think he's continued to get better and better and him yeah. not having to captain the Tars, I think has not been a bad thing either. Um, yeah. So Hugh, you, you kick this segment off. We've basically just concluded that it needs to be, Michael Hooper for quite a few million different reasons. What, where are you at? I think it, I think it should be Matt Tamua. Um, 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 I, I think, and, and I think that's what it might be. Actually, I just have a feeling. Uh, I've got a lot of time for Michael Hooper, but I think they might look at the Waratahs system and say he's been playing some of his best rugby, um, and it might be time to, to to let him off the leash a little bit. Matt Tamua's got charisma. He's he's a leader. And look, I, I said this before. It's hard to judge if you're not in the camp. You don't know yeah. who's the leader. Um, you're just guessing from the outside, which I admit we all are here. But from the outside, I reckon Matt Tamu looks pretty good. And um, I, I think they might, they might try for a slightly different direction with a new coaching panel and they might tap a bloke who is, a, you know, he's to me, he's in our best 15. And, um, you know, he's a committed player, throws, puts his body on the line, leads from the front. Um, I reckon he might get it. Yeah. Well, the only thing about Tamua, I can agree with most of those other things. I just always worry about his um, injury prone. Like, um, you know, both just physically, I guess, trying to keep those quads on his legs. Um, I think he was having a groin problem, um, you know, on the night. And he has, ham- I think he's had hammy problems in the past. Also, just the way he commits himself. He knocks himself out all the time. Um, so, whereas like a Hooper, he just seems to be indestructible. Um, but... I like the cut of your jib on thinking that new coaching staff might want to change things up a bit. And that would definitely shake up the culture, wouldn't it? It would definitely move out that um, uh, Michael Checker legacy. Yeah. Um, we would move that on for sure. Yeah. Um, I do right, hope then. we continue to try and run it off our own goal line, you know, at really poor times. I mean, that's, <laughs> what the, that's the Australian, Australian way. It's the Australian way, guys. We've got to keep that's that. The, the strain way to commit Harikari. Um, right, so I'm, I'm happy to... That's a very successful segment. I'm happy to hand that back to you now, Rich. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks to my co-host there. That was excellent. Uh, look, we're going to wrap up now. We just want to look... But, you know, we talked a lot of uh, rookies there. And I guess we've kind of picked the team. So, Matt, you've blown this already. But uh, any rookie plays... Who, who's the rookie, the non-capped Wallaby, who you think is the most like to get um, Wallaby call-up? let's say in this first two tests, the Bledisloe series, the first two all black tests. Um, mm. Matt, anyone jump out in your eyes? Um, I'm going to pass for a second. Come back to me on that one. Now, okay, Hugh. Okay, so if I had to pick someone, if I had to pick two, two really left fielders that could come out of this squad, it's, it's Tom Horton at hooker. Mm. Uh, wouldn't shock me to see him, him get a bench spot, um, if, especially if we don't bring Tolu Latu back. Um, and... I think if if I had to throw a real rank outsider, he's young and, and very raw, but Pone Famusilia, I don't have it any me <laughs> anymore, so I can't read his name. Uh Famusili. Um you know, in a in a stacked deck of props, they might throw him in as a bench prop, um, as and as cover and 
and just see what he can do um, in, in the, cause you can't deny that bloke's got some ball running capabilities and, and, and seems to be able to scrum as well for a young bloke. So um, he's made a lot of ground in a very short space of time. That, that is a real long shot, but um, yeah, there's some bolters for you. Well, we nice. don't you need to take the, take your pick between Wilson and Wright? Um, or have I missed one of them? I'm actually already getting a, a good. Right, Wright's got a cap, so you can't ah. pick a couple of caps last year, but you can pick Wilson. Yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. He's not really a bolter, though, at this stage, is it? Yeah. But he's a rookie. Let's be, yeah, you know. Well, you've got to be in the squad, haven't you? Like, you, or are we saying well, we, a bolter all, comes from outside the squad? We've all picked a gooner. He's a rookie. He hasn't played a Wallaby test yet. Oh, there we go. All right, yeah. Well, we need to nail um, him down. Yeah, Tate McDermott. But I, you mentioned earlier, I think Lalesio is a real roughie. You know, yeah. I think we, that wouldn't surprise me if they pick him as an option at 10 too. Uh, it obviously depends what they want to do with O'Connor and uh, Tamua, but uh, he'd be uh, uh, he'd be that roughie. I, I'd still pick Dagunu and McDermott in the squad and Harrison and, uh, sorry, and, and Wilson in the squad as well. So, but um, I guess Lalesio is the biggest roughie for my selections. Okay, well, that's good. There's at least there's plenty to be excited about from those test perspectives. Um, and uh, it's only a matter of weeks away, which is also very good. But before we get there, Saturday night, uh, what, it's 7 o'clock, 7.15, Canberra GIO Stadium, Reds versus the Brumpies, Super Rugby Grand Final. Uh, the first time since 2011 we've been in the Super Rugby Grand Final. Um, not really. First <laughs> but um, but yeah, look, looking forward to it. it. Should be good rugby. The last game we played. The, every time we played the Brumbies this year, in fact, has been a, a great battle. So looking forward to it. Um, Hugh, Matt, anything else you want to wrap up with? Six thousand people in in Canberra. Good, good, good on Canberra out. for, for yep. selling out. That's great, and and it'll be great to see a crowd. And and yeah, um, just hope that it's a really good game of rugby. And these yeah. two teams that have been the best two teams for the whole comp, and they can produce their best um, and and put on a real show. Sounds no good. All right, lads. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks to Nick in the booth, as, as always, and to our listeners for being patient with us for a very much weekly and in inverted commas podcast. Um, we'll catch you soon, and uh, we'll start talking in depth about the upcoming Wallaby series. Let's catch you next week. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan, drop goal from Larkham, up it goes, could you believe it, Larkham has to be at the You can cut off that last bit Nick. <laughs> <laughs>